I'm Rachel Michelle Wilson, a children's book author and illustrator, and I'd rather sit at the kid table than anywhere else. Today I'm sitting next to horseback rider, woods explorer, and debut author-illustrator of the upcoming picture book, Jack the Library Cat. Please welcome Marietta Apollonio. I would love to start with your childhood because, you know, we're sitting at the kid table. You can't skip childhood. So we're going to do some rapid fire questions. First question. What was your favorite snack as a kid? Cheetos. Favorite toy? Uh, I didn't I I didn't have a favorite toy. I did a lot of Barbie versus GI Joe battles. Were you rooting for Barbie or GI Joe? Usually the outcome was on the Barbie side, but sometimes I like gave it to the GI Joes. Felt bad for them. Yeah, you got to give them something. A win every yeah. now every now. Yeah. Okay. Three words to describe your personality as a kid. Um, quiet. I was actually, and still am, very much an introvert who has to be an extrovert sometimes. Um, adventurous, but it was the 80s. So when you said, hey, I'm going outside, that could have meant like anything. That could have meant like anywhere in the neighborhood, in the woods, like, and then you came home for dinner. So, uh, imaginative, I guess. I was always pretending to be a superhero or, you know, any anything, pretty much anything. I pretended to be a lot of different things. Lots of times it was Shira. Ooh, okay. Your favorite spot to hang out? Um, so we had some woods in the back of our house and my dad had put up a, um, tire swing or it wasn't even a tire. It was like a rope attached to a plank (laughs) that you sat on, like attached to a really high, like branch. I, I don't know how he got it up there and the back of the woods sloped so that you got on that swing and you were like in the air there was not ground beneath you it was very unsafe again it was the 80s (laughs) (laughs) honestly I had I was a 90s kid and I had I had stuff like that I I feel like I look back and think what were people thinking that's a miracle we're here yay okay what were your favorite hobbies um I did a lot of drawing, but it was uh, like I read a lot of comic books when I was a kid. So I did a lot of like comic booky kind of drawing. Um, also watching Bob Ross. I consider that a hobby. I loved Bob Ross when I was a kid. Loved. And it was I don't I think there were still reruns at that point, but I have there are a fair number of paintings hanging up in my mom's house still that are Bob Ross recreations. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh what else? I is run I mean, is running around in the woods a hobby? Definitely. That counts. 
I was, I was a really, I was a champion at eating ice cream. <laughs> Same. We would have been friends. Was, I know you have horses. I know you have horses now. Was that a childhood thing or this is adult thing? I, I do not own uh, any horses. I do spend a fair amount of time with them. And it was a childhood thing that I wanted to do, but couldn't. Uh, it was very, it's very, it was very expensive. It is still very expensive now. Um, but so when I am now, so now as an adult, I was like, my eight year old self is like, yeah. <laughs> I love that you respected your eight year old self because I, I feel like sometimes people think about, they, they speak as though the time is already out, even though there's so much more time to explore all these things. So it goes with that word you said of you are adventurous. And you still are, even now, it sounds like. Kid self and you self, both adventurous. It's true. Yeah, I wanted to do karate when I was a kid too. And I didn't get to do that. Um, so I'm doing it now. So you can, and, I mean, think of all the things that you wanted to do as a kid. And, you know, try to fit them in. Even in, in small increments, if you can, as an adult. What do you feel like? doing those things, making space for those things, what have you learned from it or what has it done for you in your creative life? It definitely makes you, well, it makes me feel as I'm able to do all those things that I wasn't able to do before. It gives me a bit more of a sense of like the idea that I, I can do pretty much most things that I want to put my mind to. Like, you know, you don't always think that, but uh, for me, it just like reinforces that, that fact, like, yes, I'm 43. I can still do karate <laughs> like, and I can yeah. also make books and I can do these things that I didn't think I was going to be able to do. I love that. So when you were a kid, what was, what did you think you would be able to do as an adult? Like, what was your dream job or what did you imagine your life would be? I wanted to be a vet. I wanted to be, I wanted to work with animals. Oh, so I kind of am. I am around animals a lot. Um, so yeah, I really wanted to be a vet. I looked, I was like, how do I become a vet? I would like research that. Um, well, I see a lot of, cause I've seen a lot of your art and I've seen in your new book and a lot of them are, have animal characters. So what about, um, what about like your relationship to books, reading and creativity as a kid? Um, I did read a lot. Uh, I read a lot of comic books. Um, but I also read a lot of gosh, I was really big into like fairy tales and like fairies. I remember I had this Cinderella book, and this was like before like the Disney like took over like Cinderella. I'm pretty sure I don't know when that came out, but this book was was not that. And I did not return it to the library. And I would like to apologize <laughs> to all of the librarians out there, but my kid self <laughs> coveted that book. <laughs> and I want to know what the fine is on that now. <laughs> maybe like $27. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I read a lot of um, Babysitter's Club. Oh, yeah. Is now being is now like revamped, right? They're doing it again, which is awesome, actually. I kind of want to read those too. Um, 
and then I did a, and then creative wise um with the comic books I would often just like draw the characters uh and my grandmother uh painted she never went to art school they couldn't afford to send her but she would do like crafts on the side and she would be a lance she would do landscape painting and so I think that's what kind of started it I would and then so I would draw like the comic book characters and it just kind of went from there it I really was like the influence of my grandma and seeing all of her like landscape paintings and when I would go over to her house when they would watch me during the day on the weekend or something or in the summer she would always there was this one painting that was in their living room that she had done which is actually hanging in my studio now um and she would set me up with like canvassy paper and her oil paints and I was a kid like using oil paints it was very brave of her and I would like recreate that painting like over and over again and I wish I still had those but that's I think that's where it started wow I, I love the tie into your grandma and those moments together I also my grandma also inspired me so I felt a little you know grandma moment there when you shared that um as you got older and grew out of the kid table. So how did you hold on? How did you hold on to that childlike wonder and adventure and all of those things? Because sometimes I've noticed it can be hard to hold on to where some people lose that sense of child, you know, their child self, they lose that person. So how did you hold on to yours? I, I don't, it's really hard to, I think it's kind of hard to describe that. I think I kept my my imagination that I had as a kid like stuck with me and and it never went anywhere. I'm sure I I'm sure in some ways I nurtured that, but but I don't really know how. I've never been like a very serious person and obviously I'm serious about some things, but like as I got older, I never like considered age to be like that's how I have to act. That makes sense. Mm, yes. So um, what was your journey then to, to the person who loved art, inspired by grandma, to children's books? Um, I'd say that that started, like the idea that I wanted to do children's books started uh, probably when I was applying to art school. Uh, actually, no, let's say. Let's see, when I was applying to art school, I wanted to do illustration, but I actually really wanted to do animation. Back then, uh, animation was lots of paper, VHS, and this, you know, the camera's up here and it's pointing down and you put the next piece of paper on and, um, and that was fun. But I think once I got into art school, I wanted, and I was doing the animation, um, I was also taking illustration classes and I think the illustration classes just started to trump the animation for me. And I kind of started focusing more on that. And I don't remember what the, what, at what point I wanted to do children's books. Um, I was writing random things and I don't know, at some point it just kind of like fell into place that that's what I wanted to do. Or at least I wanted to illustrate children's books. I never actually considered writing them as well. How did you get the bravery to start writing as well? I was writing like random essays that were just like, 
<laughs> like brain, like throwing it out onto the paper kind of thing about very, about all sorts of random things. Um, and then I think I just started kind of picking up children's books here and there. And um, I think I just at one point thought I should just try to, to write it, write them and, and think maybe I can illustrate my own. So, so then that's where I took like the writing of random essays to just children's books. That's amazing. So, so what helped you kind of get into that was you just let yourself talk about whatever you wanted. It sounds like. Yeah. They were really just like snarky day to day. I was working in a mattress store <laughs> selling mattresses. Uh, I would just write about anything. I would pick one thing and just write about that. And then I would share those essays with my roommates. So I was, uh, I was in college at the time. I love that. So, okay. Just maybe I'm projecting here, but what got me writing creatively a lot of times was boredom. So you said you were working at a mattress store. Was it, was that kind of what happened is you were bored? Yeah. Boredom really does push you. You got to do something with it, I guess. And that imaginative child self came out. <laughs> That's really cool that, that you had that foundation of kind of letting yourself develop your voice before you put it into picture books and tied it to your illustration. So what was your path? once you started making picture books to publication? I was like working here and there. Uh, at one point I was, uh, I worked at a graphic design studio for about 10 years, <clears throat> like managing for them and doing a little bit of illustration. And at that point I had like written a story and I thought maybe I should just try like putting together some kind of a book dummy for this. And so I did that, but I just, uh, it was hard working full time. You, you don't, I mean, you don't get a lot of time. There were some late nights like in the studio and um, once actually Henry was born, I left that studio to just stay home and suddenly I had a little bit of extra time to get in the studio. And I think, but what really kind of propelled me forward was I joined uh, SCBWI. I was like, I should, I really need to like make something happen. I've got, I've got this time now. So I joined SCBWI and then right after I joined, there was this writer's workshop. It's called Whispering Pines. And I saw, and it's like a New England um, SCBWI writer's workshop, like retreat thing. And so I was like, oh, so you had to apply. So I was like, oh, I'll just try to apply and see if I get in, I guess. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Might as well give it a shot. And then I got in. I was like, okay, we're doing this. And you uh, you had like the chance to, um, to meet with a editor. I think it was just an editor and agent. I think, yeah, for 25 minutes. So you got on one day. And so I like put together this um, book dummy that I was working on and it was very, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I <laughs> went all out and I had this thing printed. <laughs> like, it was it. Um, 
And I went to that meeting and quickly realized that I needed to do more work. And, but I met so many just like amazing writers and illustrators that weekend that I just kind of got this feeling like this is where I need to be. And I had never been in a room with that many writers and illustrators before, or that many people. There's a lot of people. And I don't know, I just got like this feeling that it was like, right. And that now I needed to actually um, do the work. And actually, one of the people I met there, um, Kathy Halsey, she asked me if I had a critique group or if I was looking to join a critique group. And I was like, what's a critique group? Uh, and then, and she actually brought me into the one that she was, she's in, and I've been with them for a couple of years now. And that, that really helped. And then I just started like attending webinars and all sorts of things. And I started writing more and like doing the work and researching and putting stuff together. And then I entered PB Party in 2021. Uh, and I randomly did not like five minutes before the deadline. I was like, well, I've got this book dummy. I don't know. Maybe I should enter like, who knows? And then and then I got in. <laughs> it's like, well, that's totally random and exciting. <laughs> and then and from that, I ended up with my agent. And we went on submission with that book dummy, which is the book that is coming out in May. And, um, and that's, that's how it happened. A whirlwind kind of, I'm sure maybe while you're going through it, it might not have felt that way, but that's really amazing. And it sounds like. That's like 2018 is when I joined SCBWI. So then 2021 was PB party. Like 2018 to like 2020, I was doing the work. Like I was a, I went to like some book dummy um, at Storyteller Academy. I did um, Ari's like book dummy class and that class actually like opened everything up for me. I was like, oh, right. Like I didn't remember anything from art school. It's like, that's how you make a book dummy. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. So yeah, so that's like, it is a short span of time, I think, though, and it all just happened really fast. Yeah, it sounded like, though, that you were you were ready before you knew you were ready. Yeah. Sometimes you just need like people to boost you up, right? You need the people like my critique group. I think they were they were they're just like an integral part of that. I'm so glad that you had that validation from when you first submitted to the Whispering Pines thing. And then you found your community and you felt, you felt boosted to keep continuing having the courage that you already had shown. It's hard to continue that consistently without that support. Encouragement's huge. And I feel like now I like being the encourager. I want, I like want to be that encouragement for other people. Like you can do this. You got to do the work, but you can do it. You can make it happen. And it's just this process. And and some of it's going to feel not great. And then some of it's going to feel awesome. But you got to have that not great and that awesome together. That's beautiful that you took all the gifts that you were given from people along the way. And now you're 
sharing them outward because not everyone does that. What, what motivates you to do that? Oh, I think it's having had people do it for me. And then, and what else do you do if, if you, if you are in a position where you have, when you're, where you're doing the thing that you love to do and, um, and you've gone through all of that stuff, I feel like to not then encourage other people or, you know, look at their work or, you know, I obviously people don't always have time and I do it here and there as I have time, but I make sure that I do it because, because I had that. And then it's like, well, how do you keep doing that? And I was lucky enough to have um, <clears throat> Kaylee and Ebony start, they started the PB Rising Stars and were looking for mentors for people that hadn't actually mentored before, which I thought was like such a fabulous idea, right? Like, how do you get yeah. into mentoring? Um, you need that sort of like test subject but like you know you need that like little tiptoe into it uh with like support yeah. and all that and I was so excited when they said like I could do the author illustrators and I was even more excited when they said that um Kim Pa and I were going to be partners and it was just such a nice experience to work with a mentee and you know give back to that person and it seems like a theme throughout your life that you will see an opportunity and you will say why not why not try this and you'll put yourself out there and then opportunities happen I'm sure too along the way maybe there was some rejection too because when you're putting yourself out there not everything works out but I think that's amazing that you will put yourself out there like that consistently over time. What helped you keep doing that with all the rejection that naturally comes with the publishing industry? I think when I first started sending before PB Party, it's like the 2020 is when I started working on that manuscript for Jack. 2020 for everybody on the planet was kind of like, you know, one of those years. Uh, in addition to that, I was, we were going through some, some family members, um, were just having separate, uh, illnesses, but I, but I was focused on that manuscript and thankfully had a week, my critique group, uh, we met weekly on zoom. So we, none of us live in the same state. We're all over the country. We met weekly on zoom, which was amazing. Kept working on that. I signed up for the Storyteller Academy book dummy thing. And then at the end of that year, I started to send the book dummy out to agents. And I got a lot of rejections. I got some people that were interested and wanted to see more work, but then, but then I got rejected. <laughs> You know, and that's like, that's a hard one when they're like, oh, this is great. Like, can you send me more work? And you're like, yes, like, this is amazing. And then they're like, oh, you know, it's not quite for us. And you're like, that was not amazing anymore. <laughs> it's a part of the game. And it's a, and you got to go into it, like knowing that that's a part of it and go into it, understanding that these are people's opinions. It's just subjective. You can feel bad about it. And I did. And I felt those feelings. And then I moved past it. Because if you get stuck on that, you're never going to move forward. Right? You're, you need to just 
you have a goal in sight. So if you get stuck for too long, feeling bad about that, it's going to take even longer to hit that goal. So you just feel your feelings and have a popsicle or some chocolate or a whole chocolate bar two, and then you move forward. And then once I got signed on with Jem, um, we went out of submission with Jack and there were a lot of no's. And once again, but this is no's with like comments now. Now you're getting, now you're not just getting, this isn't right for me. Although there's some of that there's, this isn't right for me because, but once again, you gotta read it, understanding this is subjective. Everybody has their own opinion. And, and after a while, I actually really liked reading the no's because some of them I would pull, I would pull from those no's things that I could maybe look at in my work for next time, right? And so actually that whole time that we were out on submission with Jack, I made, um, I started doing like style changes, like for my, my illustration style started to change because I was pulling little tidbits that maybe weren't intended, but I was seeing things in those comments and I was like, huh, Maybe I should start thinking about these things. So sometimes those comments are actually really good after you are, you know, after you're maybe a little sad about it, but to go back and see if there's any little nuggets in there that you could use. That's really good advice. Cause I think, I think that makes sense of taking the time to feel how you feel and then going back and seeing what you can learn. And it look where you ended up with. Jack the library cat after so you know after submitting and amazing things happening and validating you along the way an amazing community and now we have Jack the library cat coming out May 11th do you mind giving us a little summary of it sure um so stories about a cat named Jack um who is a stray cat it's actually about a stray cat and he loves to sneak into the library for story time um the children's librarian is Miss Fisher, who actually is the name, I believe is my first grade teacher. I think it was first grade, Miss Fisher. Anyway, uh, so I named her after my one of my teachers in elementary school, but it actually worked out well because Cat and Fisher. Anyway, um, yeah, and she is not a cat person. And Jack, you know, caused a little bit of ruckus in the library on accident, and he gets kicked out of the library. Sign goes up on the door. Don't let him in. Um, but uh, there's a little boy that comes to town who is attending the library reading program <clears throat> and uh, needs a reading buddy. And he actually sneaks Jack in, and they become reading buddies jack and pascal have to you know show the librarian and everybody that uh you know cats do belong in the library and they actually make really great reading buddies actually what did you learn from the process of writing illustrating cover art like it could be any part of the process as you made jack the library cat i would say before that <clears throat> you can't be scared of revisions uh, and for me, I figured out that I make a lot of my text revisions, um, even, even if I have like 20 manuscript files for that one story in my drive, 
once I get it into a book dummy format, I'm, it's actually easier for me to see like other things that need to change or things that need to uh, move, uh, 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 extra words that aren't needed. It's just that, that process, I was, I was happy to find that process for me, for, for working for me. Um, and I basically figured out that I just go through however many book dummies I need to go through until I know that I've reached the one that is right to send out. Um, once it was acquired, I was really excited about, I really liked the cover that I had come up with for the book dummy. Hindsight, it really wasn't that great, but I wasn't expecting to do, I didn't know to do, I was going to have to do a lot of cover revisions. Um, but there is, uh, you know, that that's a process for a reason. Revision sounds like a new superpower. Revision's you. a new superpower. And now for my next book, um, I'm like all in for whatever revisions they need me to do, because now I know that the end product is that much better. Before we end, I wanted to ask about the trailer. Your trailer was awesome. And I know you did it yourself. Henry did the voice. So tell me about that. What did you, how did you do that? Because I'm, I'm amazed at your skill. Uh, I actually did that in Canva because I really didn't want to pay somebody to do it. I also didn't have, feel like I had the time to animate characters like in Photoshop. You, they have um, like elements, like animated elements that you can use. And it was so easy. Um, yeah. And then we set up a recording studio, <laughs> which was chairs and a blanket. Henry was like under the blanket. <laughs> And then I was under the blanket, like in a very uncomfortable position. And I would say the line and then he would say the line like 10 times. And when I finally got his voiceover into it, I was just like, oh my gosh, like my heart just like burst. And every so often, if I'm like feeling like down, I pull up that book trailer just to hear his voice. What a wonderful connection between Henry and your book. Last question I always ask is what would the kid version of you think of you making books now? Oh my gosh. I think she would be so stoked. You're making books? riding horses and karate <laughs> thanks for joining us marietta i hope you all go out and pre-order jack the library cat from your local independent bookstore thanks whiskey geraldine for our music check her out on soundcloud and author joanna roland for sponsoring this episode find her book big bear was not the same at bookshop.org if you would like to sponsor an episode simply sign up as a paid subscriber of our at the kid table newsletter on substack you like this episode, I hope you share it with a friend. There's always more room at the kid table.